the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is in studio with us this morning, as he always is, Mr. Larry Rosenthal himself. Hello, sir. Good morning, Chris. And how are you doing today? Uh, <laughs> you got a round of applause from Bob here this morning. How about that? I see that. Yeah. <laughs> what do we owe you for that, Bob? No, just kidding. <laughs> I see that. Well, hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. You can check us live on LarryRosenthal.tv and see how we actually stream the show live from different locations. And uh, visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and click on Listen Live right there on the radio show uh, mm-hmm. tab, and you can uh, hear it wherever you are, too. I'd like to welcome our longtime listeners in the D.C., Baltimore area, WAVA, as well as our listeners the last handful of years now on Sirius XM, Channel 131, nationwide, coast-to-coast and border-to-border. Live call-in talk show. And, Chris, it's Saturday again, which you know what that means. It's open mic Saturday, open right? Mic. Any questions at all? That's exactly right. Any questions at all that you may have regarding the stock market, the reti- your retirement plans, Roth IRAs, estate planning, insurance, mortgages, um, the economy, the Federal Reserve, whatever's going on in your mind regarding money, give us a ring today at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Or 855-767-3123. Well, you know, we got some pretty interesting news this past week, Chris. Wednesday of this past week, the U.S. CPI, Consumer Price Index, has hit its highest level Mm -hmm. since 1990. What does that mean? That means prices have gone up. What are they going to do in the future? Are they going to stay up or are they going to come back down? The answer to that question is yes. They (laughs) will stay up and they will come back down question is how high are they going to go up and for how long are they going to remain high and then when will they come back down and what will be the triggering event for prices to ultimately come back down that is the unknown question that is the question that the stock market is looking at 
every single day because on how the prices end up coming back down is going to determine what the is going to be determined by what the Federal Reserve does or doesn't do. Let me explain. When we reopened the economy, we had a a year's worth around the world of people burning off, basically, you know, uh, because everything was shut down, but people were still consuming. <clears throat> Granted, not at the highest levels that they are that we are today, okay, but still consuming. Now, with the economy coming back online, demand being very very high, inventories very low, obviously, and you can see the supply chain issues that we have is creating high demand low supply so the question becomes this will supply ultimately will the supply chain <coughs> excuse me ultimately get fixed over time and then prices come back down again before the federal reserve jumps in and forces the lowering of inflation by raising interest rates and tightening up the economy that's the question that's what we have that's what we're in race against is race against the patience of the federal reserve as to when this is going to be. Some people are saying it's still transitory, meaning that, that maybe the second half of next year, prices come back down once supply chains get back online and get it fixed again and people get back to work again. And other people are saying, no, not so fast. It's going to be persistent much longer. Prices will remain higher. They might drop down a little bit, but not to, not to pre-pandemic levels. The, the, the risk is that inflation continues to rise. The August and September numbers of inflation that came out were not as bad as anticipated, but the October numbers that came out last uh, or earlier this week were worse than anticipated, and that's why we saw this big sell-off on Wednesday in the market. Okay, But when you're taking a look at it now, Fed Fund future watchers are talking about some sort of a rate hike sometime middle of next year is the estimate. At one point, that rate hike looked to be in 2024. And it's backed all the way down the calendar now. So, so we'll have to wait and see this. This is very important, okay? Uh, one of the biggest issues that we're seeing with this, too, is the fact that most people's paychecks are not keeping up with the rise of inflation. That doesn't bode well for the economy at all, okay? Not saying we're looking on the precipice of a recession or anything like that, but I'm just saying these are some interesting times mm. for stock pickers in the marketplace, making sure you're in the right asset class, the right funds, ETFs, individual stocks. How do you react to this type of a marketplace? How do you, how does the market react to this type of an economic backdrop? Okay, when we haven't seen anything like this since the early 1990s, there's a lot of people out there that are managing money that have never gone through a period of time like this in the stock market. What does that mean? What is your buy sell decision process? What asset classes are you in? Where should you move away from? On top of that, when you take a look at the dramatic moves that we had this past Wednesday in the 10-year Treasury note, it shot up 14 basis points just based off of that information alone. Okay, So, so um, you know, you got to make sure you have the right bonds in your accounts, too. We've talked about that before, and we'll talk a little bit of that uh, this morning on the, on the radio show. Don't you say also that the uh, 10-year notice is always uh, connected to the housing market? Is that going to make a big change there as well? Absolutely it will. Yeah, the the 10-year note, you know, people people get loans off of it, mortgages, car mm. loans, credit cards, student loans, the whole nine yards. Okay? And so as that rate continues to rise, that means money's harder to obtain, capital is harder to obtain in the marketplace. That's gotcha. what that means, right? Wow. Okay? 
So that slows down the effect of, of the velocity of money, which slows down the economy. President Biden's also interviewing. He interviewed Jerome Powell, the current Fed chair, for a new for his, you know, Jerome Powell's job is up in or his appointment is up in January. Um, I think he's been doing a great job. You know, we'll have to wait and see. Are we going to get someone else in there? Who? What type of positioning is someone? <coughs> excuse me. Someone else going to come in? You know, as far as are they going to be more hawkish, more dovish with the Fed and monetary policy? We'll just have to wait and see when that all comes through. But the Build Back Better plan is coming in on top of <coughs> is coming in on top of 1.1 trillion that's been passed uh, just the other day. And then um, earlier this year, a $1.9 trillion uh, bill was, was passed in, in March this year. And now they want to add this Build Back Better plan, and that's going to that's gonna exasperate inflation a little bit more. Oh, wow. And so there's a lot of talk out there in the financial press on will this exasperate inflation or not. And uh, I think it's going to have a little bit of a challenge getting through Congress. How long, how long, how long do you think we'll, it'll take before we start seeing the effect of this inflation coming up and all of this uh and business with the ten-year uh, note. Well, we're seeing it right now. We're okay. seeing we're seeing inflation at the grocery store and the gas pumps, without a doubt, right mm. now. Okay, and, and 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 all over the place, and in every in every part of the economy, we're seeing it. You know, it's not just energy prices. It's not just food prices, it's but it's everywhere. I agree. And and it, it, it it's wide. And the question is, how long will it last? And the and the bigger question is, have we peaked? What's next number? What's next month's number going to look like? Mm-hmm. You know, right around December tenth or eleventh or so, we'll get the November reading on it. Is it going to be higher than what it is this past month in October? What what what's it going to look like? That's the big question. Is if it keeps on climbing that wall of worry with inflation, will the Fed ultimately jump in sooner? And if the Fed does, well, then you know what? This this we have a very dovish, very mm-hmm. accommodative. Fed right now, and and which is a good thing. <laughs> Stocks love it, absolutely. Um, you know, but we've got to get the inflation under control. So it's kind of a wait and see period in time when we take a look at it, and you know, just kind of go from there. On the other hand, good news in the economy. You know, we're in the middle of earnings season. We're we're, we're winding down of it right now. October, November, a little bit in December. Ninety-two percent of the S and P five hundred companies have reported earnings, and earnings are just phenomenal. They 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 really are. You know. We're we're running at a 39% rise in in, in earnings. You know, uh, it's 17.5% compared with the same quarter a year ago. So uh, earnings are very strong, which is the number one reason people buy stock to begin with, Chris, is based off of the future anticipation earnings of corporations. You know, you got company A who says things are great. Company B says, eh, not so good. You know, what, which company do you want to buy your stock in? Company A, right? <laughs> yeah. well, well, companies, you know, the S&P 500, the, the, the corporations are doing very, very well. And it's anticipated that they're going to continue to do well through next year. You know, so positive earnings on one hand. One lane of traffic is positive earnings, which is fantastic. The next lane of traffic is what's the real deal on inflation? When will the Fed act? If the Fed acts on that, how long until inflation subsides or will it continue to climb that wall of inflation worry? That's still up for debate right now. And then the third lane of traffic is more money coming in from, from more legislation in Congress. How is that going to affect it if it goes through at all? You know, and then what about the taxes put on top of that? So those are the three things the markets are looking at. This is a very interesting time economically when it comes to managing money. Make sure your portfolios are designed 
and have have uh, made some changes to handle this this new environment. Yeah, a lot of it deals with bonds. A lot of it deals with your equities as well. Both both sides of the ledger there. So hey, give us a ring this morning. Let's open up the phones. Eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. Visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our newsletter. We send it out each week. We send out a, a weekly market commentary on what's happening with your money in the marketplace and the economy. You can follow us on Facebook there as well. Give us a call this morning at 855-ROSE-123. You can listen to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now. 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Good morning and good morning. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show with Larry Rosenthal himself here in the studio. Larry? All right, Chris. You know, first, um, first Peter 5, 7 says, Cast your anxiety, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in, glor- in glory in Christ Jesus. Mm. You know, we need to cast our anxiety on him and not worry, right? And we talk about money. We talk about financial planning. We talk about taxes, inflation, and just the whole nine yards weekly on this show, you know. And some people have anxiety about it all, and we need to put it in its proper perspective and proper place. Yeah. Our role is good steward with it, and, you know, the Lord owns it all, right? That's right. And so that's where we have to understand how to do it and, and, and not get so caught up in it. Get education. Make sure that your investments are aligned appropriately for your objectives, your goals, your time frame, your risk levels, you know, and just kind of go from there. Let's welcome Eugene on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Eugene. How are you today? Pretty good for 74 years old. <laughs> nice. 
just got a hip replacement in August, and I feel like I'm 22 again. Wonderful. That sounds wife, good. It scares my wife, though, so we won't <laughs> go there. Go out and um, play some pickleball. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> some other issues uh, that I, I tuned in just the last, you know, three minutes of the show. Reasons for inflation. In, in hindsight, uh, the four years that uh, Donald Trump was president, we ran a deficit every year then, too. But we didn't have infla inflation. I mean, um, inflation has been flat for uh, quite a few years, you know, maybe eight or nine years. And it all started with the, uh, the uh, real estate debacle we had in 08 and 09. And it took us that long to get out of it. But we over, for instance, uh, gasoline prices and oil prices especially. If everybody remembers, about 18 months ago, Mr. Putin over in Russia was kept lowering the price of Russian exported oil to the point where it was costing more to pump the oil out of the ground in the Midwest in the United States than it was that they could get for it. So a lot of the wildcatters and stuff went out of business. I actually owned, uh, I, I didn't know they existed. I thought it was an ETF. It was an ETN that it said had something real written in the little words and the, in the uh, whatever it was, the uh, thing they send you. And it said if it got below a certain price, we're just going to give you money back at that price. So I lost a fair amount of money. If I, if they had not done that and kept kept the fund going, I would be fine. Uh, for instance, uh, he lowered the price. Uh, remember, remember there was a day where they said the price of oil went down to zero? I do remember well, that. that. That's, that's yep. why that's why last year and the year before gas was 50% less than it is now. Uh, another reason is supply and demand. There's not as much stuff coming into the United States because of the backup. Uh, probably started in a result. Well, Eugene, of the, the the true definition of inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. <clears throat> And we have a tremendous amount of savings in bank accounts all across the U.S. right now, and we have too few goods. And that money needs to be consumed somehow, right? We need to have supply catch up. There's many, many reasons why the supply chain is fa has fallen behind, um, because demand has come back online uh, much more quickly than anticipated with, with uh, supply chains all around the world. You've got manufacturing countries that uh, some of them are still locked down, some of them are still not back to full force. Um, I was speaking with someone in Germany the other day, and they're talking about new lockdowns now. And, and when you take a look at that, that nation, how they produce things. So there's, there's a handful of reasons that's causing the inflation now, okay? But the bottom line is, 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 you know, when you take a look at and <clears throat> how you tie this to your investments, right, Stocks like easy money for sure, no doubt about it, okay? And when you take a look at the economy tightening, that puts pressure on corporate earnings, which is the fundamental reason why people buy stock to begin with. We could get a normalization of interest rates, which would be wonderful to get interest rates back up to, you know, one and a half, two percent in the bank accounts. That'd be great. But what we need is low inflation and the Fed slowly rising interest rates over a two, three, four-year period of time. But one of the Fed's mandates, the two main mandates that the Federal Reserve has is maximum employment and price stability. And both of those mandates fight against each other.
When you have maximum employment, you're not going to have price stability because that means wages are competing and rising. That means there's more money pushing into the system, which is going to cause inflation. Right now, we don't have maximum employment, but we have inflation rising. So what is the Fed going to do? The Fed has come out and basically said, hey, we're going to wait till we get maximum employment before we start tackling this issue. Well, what happens if this issue of inflation continues to climb that wall? And it goes higher and higher and higher over the next several months without maximum employment being there. Will the Fed run out of patience and start to start to tighten a little bit? You know, that's the big question because ultimately that's going to, to take – you know, the Fed has the biggest hammer in the room. And that's going to play out into the stock market. And that's what we're trying to learn here today is in an inflationary environment, how are your stocks, how are your bonds going to be reacting for what your investment objectives are for growth or growth in income, tax efficiency, the whole nine yards. That's the lesson right here that we have to learn. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. But, you know, all across the country here, almost every day in the news, that uh, we don't have enough truck drivers. They're short thousands upon hundreds of thousands of truck drivers, which means the only way they can get more truck drivers is to pay more money. That's which correct. Which means it's costing more to ship the goods and to deliver the goods, and when that's a big price, a big uh, component of uh, putting uh, anything on the shelf in any store is the labor. So that is that correct. And, and the, qu the question, too. the question there becomes this: Will the ultimate producer of that good bear the price? Will the shipping industry bear the price? Or will the consumer bear the price, or will it be a combination of all three? Some companies are going to say, we've got wide enough margins. We'll bear the price and keep our price competitive and keep our product competitively priced on the shelf. Okay? We'll pay the trucker more and we'll eat it. Whereas other companies are going to say, our margins on our balance sheets aren't that wide, and therefore we have to pass that price on to the consumer. And the consumer ultimately has the choice. We can, we as the consumer can go into the store and we can look at that coffee ma coffee maker and see five different brands sitting there on the shelf and say, okay, this month we're going to buy brand number C because we like how it works and based off the price of all the other ones, we feel that's a better value. So it's ultimately going to come back to the margins and that's what I'm trying to talk about today is in an inflationary environment, the stocks that you own in your mutual funds, in your ETFs, or individual stocks, what type of margin um, compression can they handle in a time when the prices, the cost of goods sold, are going up? Can they eat it and still compete, or must they pass it all on, and therefore their sales could go down if their other competitor uh, 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 can, can, can eat it a little bit and keep the volume of money going? So, so that's one of the tricks in taking a look at what's inside your mutual funds, taking a look at that, what's inside your ETFs, what's in your individual stocks. Study these balance sheets. It's becoming a very interesting stock market uh, uh, picking uh, scenario. So I appreciate the phone call, Gene. Uh, let me put you on hold, and I'll have Bob send you out uh, some of our information on inflation and other pressures. So you're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855 855- Seven six seven three one two three. So as you can see here, Chris, how <clears throat> inflation sort of trickles through the entire system, you know, all the way down to to one company putting a good on the on the on the storefront shelf, 
and another company saying, here's mine, but because we don't have the money to compete on our balance sheet, we're going to have to raise the price. Mm -hmm. What's the consumer ultimately going to do? Pick, pick and choose. <coughs> Excuse me. Pick and choose, right? Yeah. And so that's what's really, uh, you know, going to boil down to it all when it comes to the corporate earnings. Let's welcome Paul on the line from Maryland as well. Good morning, Paul. How are you today? Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can I help so you? I've been I uh, retired this year, this last year, and uh, I'm, I've got money that I've raised from a 401 trying to figure out how rapidly to roll the money. I'm 66, so I'm still six years out from Because I can't hear him. Yeah, we're, uh, are you able? Are you able to talk directly into your phone or get it off of speaker? We're not. We're having trouble hearing you. Uh, let me just step outside. I don't know why. I'm in my car. Is that better? Yeah, so far, we can hear you. Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm just kind of wondering what the rule of thumb is for how to roll money from a regular IRA to a Roth IRA uh, in the most tax-efficient fashion. I know it probably depends on my income. I'm in a lower income bracket now with Social Security and pension. I'm like $80,000 a year in income. So, Paul, the, the, the best way to do this here is, is first of all, we take a look at what your income is, your estimated income, and see what tax bracket you're in. For example, right. if, you're, if your income, let's say, is uh, below $81,000, all right, right. Um, you're in a 12% bracket. Anything above that, between 81 and I think it's 172 and change pushes you that money that that tranche of money into a 22% bracket. So let's suppose your income right. is 70,000. You can convert about 11,000 and do that conversion at a 12% tax rate. But if you convert yep. 20,000, the first 11 is going to be at that 12% rate, the next 9 is going to be at the 22% rate, okay? Right. So that's one of the ways that you take a look at doing it. The second thing is, since you're on Medicare, we also have to take a look at your IRMA levels, too. You know, if your income is above 174, then you're going to have to pay a higher premium on your Medicare tax, right? right? And we'll take a look at the effect of taxation on Social Security, but it's probably already at 85% level of the Social Security tax uh, check being taxed if you're over 46,000 of adjusted gross income. So, so there's a handful of things, and ultimately what happens is, we have many clients that do what we call series of little conversions each year. One year, Paul, you may convert, you know, $19,000. The next year, you might convert $14,873. The next year, you might convert $44,000. Do you see what I mean? And, and yeah. so you're slowly, methodically moving money to that tax-free distribution mode for later in life in your, in your 70, late 70s and 80s. Uh, and to pass assets on tax-free to your heirs. So that's pretty much the way that the way it works. And the way we do it with our clients is each client has their own private spreadsheet that we work with their tax preparer on it, and we, we do it towards the end of each year a lot of times if income is variable. That way we get a very good guess on where the income is going to lie, and that's the best way to go about doing it is doing series of little conversions each year. So one other question about that. Is your Social Security income regarded as income at 
or is it a no, percentage less than that? No, the, 15% the, the of your Social Security income is tax-free to you, okay? If you're adjusted gross income, married, filing jointly, I think it's 46000 a year, is above 46000 then 85% of your Social Security check will be taxed at whatever tax bracket you're in, and then the other 15% is tax-free. Okay, thank you very much for your help. Sure. If you'd like, I'll be happy to send you out our Roth conversion kit. Let me put you on hold, and Paul gets and uh, Paul Bob will get some of your information. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Linda on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Linda. How are you today? Linda, you still there? She was going through a bad zone there, so she just wanted to talk to you about bonds and inflation. So she may have not been able to stay online. I'll put her back on hold there. Bonds and inflation, it's a huge, huge deal. (laughs) I was talking to somebody earlier this week, and I said, you know, it's the first time uh, their new prospective uh, client interviewing us. And I said, uh, you know, hey, for the first time, your bonds are going negative now. Why do you think that is? And it's because interest rates are rising. <clears throat> you know, there's two sides to the bond street. There's, there's the uh, interest rate sensitive side to the bond street. And then there's the credit sensitive side. And, and you, you, you break this down, Chris, when it comes to, to bond prices and inflation movements by looking at what the economy is doing. It's very simple, okay, but a lot of people don't know this because we haven't had to know this since the 80s. Since the early 80s, interest rates were at 18-some percent, and they've been trickling downward ever since. Right? I'm too young to remember that. <laughs> you are too young to remember that, right? There you go. Yeah. Okay? But so so as interest rates <coughs> – excuse me. I have something. Allergy. Ooh. Excuse me. Anyway, as interest rates drop, bond prices go up. And as interest rates go up, bond prices go down. That's one side of the bond street. The other side of the bond street is as interest rates go up, those bond prices go up as well. So you have to ask yourself the question, what causes this? And it's the economy. Is the economy expanding or contracting? See, the economy only does two things. It either expands or it contracts. Now, it can do it um, at different speeds. It can contract slowly or very fast or expand fast or expand slowly. But in an expanding economy, which is what we have now, you start to see interest rates move up. And when interest rates move up, if the bonds you own are interest rate sensitive, they're going to go down. Remember the teeter-totter or the seesaw? Oh, yeah. When we were kids, I'd be on one side, you'd be on the other. You know, you'd go down, I'd go up. You'd probably stay up. I'd go down, you'd go up, opposite. Same thing with the bonds. Well, if it's you and me, you'd probably stay up, I'm just saying. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But at the same time, there's the other side of the bond street, it's called credit risk, okay? So, so you have interest rate sensitive risk and credit risk. Credit risk says this, when the, in, when the market, when the economy is expanding, those are the bonds you want to own because there, those bonds go up in value. So you're getting rising interest rate and increasing bond prices at the same time. You're, not only are you making the interest, you know, 3 4%, whatever it may be, but you're also getting price appreciation on it. So it's a matter of the direction of what interest rates are doing as to what type of bond you want to own. Very, very simple. And we're in a rising interest rate environment 
you know, not only are interest rates in the bond market rising, but interest rates from the Fed could start to rise next year, the year after, whenever they want to start raising rates. I never guess on when they're going to do it, okay? Um, but, but you know, that's the scenario right there. So understand what's Least inside expected, your bond probably. portfolio. Yep, exactly, exactly. So definitely. Hey, I see we've got to take a quick break here at the bottom of the hour. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Remember, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we'll be announcing, uh, you know, is, depending on what this Build Back Better thing does, we'll be announcing a, 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 a new webinar on it covering the taxes and all the stuff that's, that's uh, uh, related to it. So, so we've got stuff ready to go. We're just waiting for it to, uh, to find out if it's going to pass and in what form it's going to pass. So, so if you go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, sign up for our newsletter. It's free. You'll be on our, our on our list to, to get our webinar information and invites as well. And check us out on Facebook while you're there. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. I'm, make, I'm Larry Rosenthal. You're listening to Making Money Sense, and we'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea. Call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123 is the telephone number to call to talk to Larry Rosenthal right here in studio. Larry. Caller earlier today talking about, you know, doing Roth conversions and things of that nature, um, you know, it's a very popular subject at the end of the year. Uh, at mm-hmm. the end of every year it is. You know, why is the Roth IRA created and, and all this kind of stuff? I even had a question this past week from a client saying, hey, I hear they're going to do away with the ability to convert Roth IRA money. No, I don't think they're going to do that. Okay, they might do away with the backdoor opportunity, but not to the conversion. You know, one of the advantages that the uh, Treasury Department has is when you convert money to from a traditional IRA to the Roth IRA, you're sending in tax revenue early, earlier than anticipated. They like that, right? Yeah, but at the do. same time, you know, if, if, if you know how to manage what your, your, your taxable distribution of your money during your retirement years and you push that Roth money back 
to the latter part, the last third of your of your lifetime, that's when you want to start taking that money out, okay, um, to to uh, uh, to to enjoy tax free withdrawals. You know, money inside a Roth IRA, also the contributions that you're making into a Roth IRA, you're allowed to pull that money out tax free even before 59 and a half. And a lot of people aren't aware of that because that principal has already been taxed. It's just the earnings that need to stay there for five years or to 59 and a half, whichever is longer. Okay? And the earnings, once you meet, once the, the IRA becomes seasoned like that, it all comes out tax free to you. And remember, each time you convert money, if you're going to do a series of conversions, that conversion carries a five-year bucket, five-year bucket of time for that bucket of money to become seasoned as far as the earnings off of that bucket of money goes. So you have to keep track of all this stuff to make sure that you're getting it done correctly uh, on your tax return as well as on your distribution. It's a little complex, actually. It is a little complex, okay? But, you know, it's an opportunity to really take advantage of tax-free income later in life. And, and Chris, people convert money from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA for two primary reasons. One is later in life they want to enjoy some tax-free dollars, maybe in their 70s and their 80s and their 90s, right? Who doesn't want that, right? Okay. And the the second reason is to pass assets on to their heirs tax-free. And so we always get these subjects here at at the end of the year on Roth conversions and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, what, what do we do and, and should we convert and, and all this kind of stuff because it's coming down to the end of the year. And some of the rules on this are, you know, you, you might get the paperwork in, but if it doesn't get processed and pulled out and converted into the other account by December 31st, it's going to count in the following year. So make mm-hmm. sure you understand that. There's no looking backwards in April to make a conversion in the prior year. No pick and choose. No pick, no and, choose. pick and choose. Those are yeah. just for contributions only. Okay. So the Roth IRA is is a huge tool. It's a great tool to to be able to to enjoy tax-free dollars for yourself and your heirs down the road, you know. And 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 quite frankly, you know, I I've, I've, I've said this for years on TV and on the radio and in and in print and and things like that that you know, if I brought 100 financial advisors right here into the studio, Chris, the first third are going to tell you put it all pre-tax and keep it pre-tax. Uh the next third are going to say, never do that. Put it all on the Roth side. And then I'm in the middle, and I say, I like money on both sides. I like people to contribute to their retirement plans on the pre-tax and on the Roth side. I recognize the value of a tax deduction today, right? But I also understand the importance of tax-free income in retirement years when taxes ultimately go up and you don't have kids running around the house anymore, large interest on your home to deduct, all that kind of stuff. So. So there's a lot of application for all this, and you need to build out a plan. You know, we, we've talked many, many times about asset allocation. Where are you going to put your money? Make sure it's spread around so you diversify, so you have risk reduction in your investments, right? We've talked about product allocation. Make sure you have mutual funds and ETFs and ETNs and stocks and, and UITs and all different programs in all different types of product inside your investment accounts because they all have pros and cons to them. And then also here from this caller earlier, make sure you have tax allocation strategies. You know, the IRS views our money through four different lenses, right? Four different lenses, taxable, tax deductible and deferred, non-deductible and deferred, and tax exempt or tax-free. Those are the four different lenses that the mm-hmm. IRS views our money 
when we're going to make investments. You, you talked know, about I having a dollar, all, I'd stick a quarter in each one. You talked about having all these different uh, products, as you said it, as you put it. Is there a chance you can over-diversify and have too many things that are just kind of all out there? Well, from a product standpoint versus a asset class standpoint. <laughs> sure. So, so when you're taking a look at, at, at investing in, in international small cap value versus emerging markets versus large cap domestic growth, mm -hmm. that's diversification amongst asset classes. Sure. And you can do that in different products. And you can have an individual stock in, in the S&P 500, which is large cap uh, blend, okay. and then you can have a mutual fund, which is international small company growth. Right. Right? Right. And, and things like that. And so, you know, you have to take a look also at, at uh, uh, where you want to have what, what type of an investment in a mutual fund you want to have. Do you want to have a passive mutual fund or an active managed mutual fund? one that you have an active team buying and selling that may be benchmarked to the S&P. Some years it beats it, some years it doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the, 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 those, those types of things. So, hey, let's go ahead and welcome Kevin on the line from uh, Virginia Beach, it looks like. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, How can I help you, sir? I am an, uh, I'm older, and we bought our home at, I don't know, in, in the 80s, and we own it now. And the cost of houses, uh, at least it's appreciated, it's like tripled in appreciation. Um, we're talking about, you know, pay, uh, paid like eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000. It's tripled to maybe over 200000 And there's been a lot of talk about taxing unrealized gains. Um, would that mean that they'd be able to tax the unrealized gain on our home and if so, we wouldn't be able to afford that. We'd have to sell our home to pay the taxes. Well, Kevin, you're exactly correct. There has been talk about that, and, yes, you would have to pay the, the gain on that, unrealized. Now, personally, I don't think that's going to go through, and I have heard that there's going to be talk about exempting certain things, like the value of small business, um, farms, Things like that. I, I would assume homes too. I don't know. Okay, but but you know they can do whatever they want to do. Congress makes the rules. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of pushback on that because that that is something that's just you know uh, we had that for four years in 1976 and it didn't work out well. Okay, and and um, it, it just it just you know there was a, a similar thing to that and it didn't work out well. So. So I'm not sure if that's going to go through. I wouldn't worry about it right now, okay? Uh, once it, If it does go through and they end up taxing appreciation on homes, then the question does become, where do you get the money, you know? And I'm just not sure that, it's going, that. that something like that is going to be that drastic that goes through. I have a follow-up question on that same thing. Do you think it's just over the top to maybe sell your home – uh, to a relative, and then they sell it back to you, uh, thus, you know, with with no real money changing hands, thus the sale, you know, it's not appreciated now. Hmm. Well, I, I would assume that would be one preventative way around that. Um, I, I, uh, that's an interesting thought. <laughs> I can imagine the whole country doing that, right? <laughs> Um, uh, 
I mean, yeah, if you sold your home right now, you and being if you're married filing jointly, you can profit up to $500,000 without paying any capital gains tax on under, under current rules now as long as you lived in it two of the last five years. Mm. And then if you mm -hmm. turn around and rebought it back again, I mean, you'd still be losing money on the deal because of the, the you know, there's two transactions, you know. You, right. You, you know, you, you might be able to do it without a realtor, obviously. Um, but I, I really wouldn't – I think that is over the top. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that at this point, okay? Uh, okay. You don't know what, goes, what ultimately is going to happen with, with a tax law or rule. You hear all these rumors. You hear all these proposals, and that's just what they are. They're bargaining chips. They're, hey, I want this, this, and this on it, but I really only need, want that. But I'm going to throw out all these other things and I'll make concessions in order for me to get something else, right? And and that's just going to be an extremely burdensome tax if it goes through. And I think there's a lot of pushback on that. So I'm not, I, you know, nobody knows what's going what's gonna to ultimately go through, but I, I probably wouldn't do that, Kevin. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Hey, we're talking about all kinds of things <laughs> We're here all today. over the board today. We're all over the map, which I absolutely love on yeah. Saturday. Open mic Saturday, if you will, right? Yeah. Any subjects at all, you know. Uh, Self-examining questions, you know, that, that we, we, we talk about every once in a while. You know, Elon Musk was talking a little bit about that in a tweet earlier this week. I don't know if you saw that, where he said he'd have to sell. <laughs> He's a very wealthy guy. But he, he has his, all of his wealth apparently in stock, in Tesla stock. And so some of those taxes that would have to be paid, he said he'd have to sell stock to do that, which I thought was He did sell stock to do that. Did he? Yeah. He's got some stock options that are coming up that are going to be taxed. And so he sold $5 billion worth of stock the other day to, to cover tax. Wow. wow. So, I mean, it was profitable for him because of the stock options that he was awarded, but that is a taxable event, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's not, it wasn't not anything like, oh, it doesn't like, like the company anymore or anything <laughs> like that. It was simply a tax transaction that he needed to cover. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so he's got the bill due. He kn he's known about it for years, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Here comes the bill. Got to pay it. Well, I got to cover it, right? So there you go. So when you look at the, the, I forget what the numbers were, but how little it was to what it grew to, um, it's probably worth it, probably for him to have to cover it. <laughs> as hey, far as that yeah, goes, what's right? one billion to him, one way or the other? <clears throat> exactly, richest exactly. guy in the world, you know, <laughs> right? But there is a there is a lot of float out there right now about these these different taxes and things that 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 they're talking about doing, and you know, you 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 never know, you know, Congress starts off with the conversation on one end of the conveyor belt, and as it goes through the offices in, in Congress, it comes out at the other end of the conveyor belt, sometimes similar, sometimes completely different. But very rarely does it come out the way it started, okay, after negotiations and debate. And, and you know, to, to, to the certain degree, you know, we've, we've pumped in this year, okay, $2.8 almost $3 trillion just this year on top of what we pumped in the prior year. There's a lot of money, and now you want to pump in another two or three trillion on top of this. That's 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 inflationary. I think I'm going to start a printing press. Gonna, how is it going to be paid for? You know, and this stuff about oh, it's not going to cost anything. It's going to cost. Oh yeah. Just the inflation is costing. We have we have goods rising faster than wages right now. Okay, that cost people. 
that that's a net net cost to people you know and 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 so you've got to be aware of what's going on before you start making some of these changes you know what Larry I, I think uh, I think I'll go ahead and help the Treasury out and start a printing press here and and add some more money on this side you know maybe I'll there take, you go, Chris. take a little bit on this side there you go they need help you, you know? know but but <laughs> but here's the deal you know um, we've been managing in our firm we've been managing money since the second term of Ronald Reagan and we've seen different presidents come and go. We've seen different presidents, uh, how do you want to call it, economic ideology come and go. And when you have vast sweeping tax changes and programs, sometimes it, it's very clear where to move money away from and where to move money toward. Yeah. Because money is going <coughs> to excuse me, basically seek its place on the planet where it gets its best risk-adjusted return. That's what's going to happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. And whether it's domestic or international or small value or, or, or emerging markets or wherever it may be, okay, money's going to go where it's going to get its best risk-adjusted return. That's why you have to understand how all this stuff interrelates and what happens during the econ- you know, throughout the economy and things like that. So, you know, just some follow-up questions to be thinking about yourself here. You know, what, what, what are your, how confident are you that you understand what your cash flow needs are in retirement and where that money is going to come from and the tax efficiency or tax treatment on that money, okay? So question to ponder for the week, how confident are you in your cash flow needs in retirement and where that money is going to come from, what funds, stocks, whatever it is, where is it going to come from? And what's the tax treatment? Is it tax efficient or tax inefficient on the delivery of that income for you? Okay? Break that down. Stop and think about it. <coughs> Excuse me. And the reason I mention that is because so many of us over the years, you know, you're in your 30s and your 40s and your 50s, and the objective of your accounts have been growth, 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 mm-hmm. growth. Now it needs to be growth and income. And now all of a sudden – retirees are facing a huge inflation number, a much larger inflation number. So is your income that's being kicked out from your retirement investments, are the dividends still at the S&P 500 level, which is 2.1%, which is lower than inflation these days, or do you have stocks in there <clears throat> Excuse me, that are enabling you to get 5 6 7% dividends to outpace inflation? What's the makeup of the dividend of the income portion of your investment portfolio, and what's the tax treatment on it all? Think about that for a second. You know that enables you to sell off less shares during your retirement years. Very important. Hey, Chris, I see we got to take one more quick break here. Let's open sure. up the phone lines. Anybody's got a last-minute question, give us a ring. Eight five five Rose one two three. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more making money sense. listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. Proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation. Don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof. 
Make sure your insurance is aligned properly. Make sure you have the right types of homeowners, auto, umbrella, disability, long-term care, life insurance, just to name a few. Financial planning starts with a firm foundation, and that foundation is your insurance. Then take a look at your cash flow. Are you able to save money? Save it in the proper places. Retirement planning, traditional IRAs, traditional 401k plans, Roth IRAs. Make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives. Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal here in studio. And by the way, that number rings during the week. Uh, in the main offices, and so you can ask questions of any kind that you have just by dialing. We do. We get lots of calls and emails throughout the week. People can give us a ring eight five five rose one two three. When we're done with the show, it switches over to our eight hundred number, goes right into the office. So, so uh, we get a lot of calls. A lot of people call the 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 office or shoot us off an email, go into our website at LarryRosenthal.com, and and ask us, hey, I heard you talking about this on the show or that on the show. Can I get some information on it? Happy to do that. We we've got all kinds of of information uh, on the website as well as we can just email it right on out to you, you know. Um, but, you know, the times, as they say, they are a-changing a little bit <laughs> in the economy with this bout of inflation that we've got coming in. So, so Furls the brow a little bit, doesn't it? It does, I'm telling you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a different thing right now. It, it is. And, and the question on it is, is how long is it going to last before it subsides? What's going to make it subside? Mm-hmm. Natural? Uh, equilibrium in in supply versus demand, or will the Fed come in and, and squish it down a little bit? So so those are some of the things that that's you know kind of on the uh, uh, running across the movie screen there, if you will, <laughs> each each and every week. So you can go to my website LarryRosenthal.com, follow us on Facebook, <clears throat> sign up for our newsletter. We send out a a weekly market commentary. Uh, as well as a monthly newsletter, there's no cost for it there at all. So feel free to do that. And if again, if you found, if you heard of anything that's uh, of interest today on the show, uh, reach out. We'll be happy to send you out some information on that. Also, you can also check out our our uh, video streams. We we hang them up on the on the website uh, the following week. Uh, replays of of the radio show as well. So you know, just want to make sure that everybody's got an opportunity to get proper financial planning and education. Uh, when it, when it all comes to you know your your money management your wealth you know you get you get a, you get one shot at this right uh, you don't want to retire many times you want to retire one time correctly right Chris so whoop, I think I lost you Chris there you are so we've got a caller on the line here uh, Nelson from Missouri but we've just got a few seconds left in the show we're yep, about right? out of time I don't see the clock anymore Chris. <laughs> Yeah, about 44 seconds. If you're looking at me there, you, you can't see me? Nope. Oh, well, you know. I can count manually, but yeah, you've got about a half a minute. So. <laughs> All right, count manually. So. <laughs> there we go. Nelson, if you want to stay on the line, I'll be happy to stay in studio afterwards <clears throat> and uh, pick up the phone as well as anybody on YouTube. We'll continue the YouTube stream uh, going at LarryRosenthal.tv after the show here in a few seconds. So for Bob in the back, 
And, oh, there's your clock now. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.